0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: We are inching closer and closer to a Dame Lillard trade, but what exactly do the Portland Trailblazers owe him at this point? The answer? Not much. It is Chris Carlin. In for Greeny today on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Dear God, we have got so much to get to today. Existential questions today. Jeff Darlington on the show today talking all NFL, the real franchise that you need to be thinking of when we think of the franchises that have been well losers over the last 20 years when are they going to get their act together and we will also get to the top five coaches in the NFL and get your calls in on that in just a few moments so let's just roll here we go. Go, go
0: only one place to start
1: Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard
2: is asking for a trade.
0: It's about time. He's doing what's best for him. I don't think you can ignore what level of significance he can bring to the equation. Miami is the obvious one, and Bam is my dog.
1: Listen, Dame Lillard is an awesome player and has been a great Portland Trailblazer for a very long time. But over the last couple of days, the question has really been raised about what... The Trailblazers at this point owe Dame Lillard when it comes to sending him to where he wants to go in Miami versus somewhere else where maybe they can get a better deal. Canty and I had a lot of this discussion yesterday, and it continues to be a discussion because Dame Lillard's agent, Aaron Goodwin, has told people that he is uh, trying to, told other teams that are interested in trading for Dame not to bother because they're going to have an unhappy camper on their hands. Here is Mark J. Spears, ESPN NBA senior writer on the NBA Today, who spoke with Dame Lillard's agent, Aaron Goodwin.
0: Just before the show, I talked to uh, Aaron Goodwin, Damon Lillard's agent, and he said that he and Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin had a really good discussion today. Uh, and that adds, obviously, obviously on top of Woj's well, great report. Uh, Aaron is hopeful that uh, over the next couple days in Las Vegas, where everybody will be, that the Miami Heat, Portland Trailblazers will get in the room. Hopefully hash something out. Added that Dame still wants to go to Miami. Uh, that is his preferred choice. That's his only choice. I'm hearing that there's been over like five to seven teams that could be interested in be involved in a multiplayer trade for yep. Damon Lillard. And if it gets done, I wouldn't be surprised if four teams are involved.
1: That may be. And if I were if I were a team that wasn't that far off. From trying to win a championship, Damon Lillard would absolutely absolutely be somebody that I would be interested in getting. And when you say five to seven teams, is it five to seven teams knocking on the door to try to get him? Sounds like that's possible. And also teams that could be involved. It's going to be a multi-team deal. But with Lillard's agent telling these teams to back off, how are teams responding to that? It's important to know So here's Woj on that topic.
3: You talk to executives who would have interest in Damian Lillard, even with with four years left on his deal, his history of professionalism, his work ethic, his commitment to winning. uh, They have a hard time believing he's going to come in and just mail it in for their organization. (laughs) But that is what has been expressed to them. I don't think that's impacting the thinking of teams. I think they're looking more at, does Damian Lillard's age fit our timeline? Some of these teams who have younger rosters, he's going on 33 years old and the money. Paying him an average of $60 million on his 35th, 36th birthdays. Those are bigger questions for teams than whether they really believe he'll come in and embrace being there.
1: Here's the thing. David Lillard's amazing. The Miami Heat obviously want him, and he would put them, in my estimation, over the top in the Eastern Conference. They would immediately become the favorites, and I would put them even over the Milwaukee Bucks. Because he is just that good, and their culture is is just that good, and it is very, very real. I want you to just think about this for a second when we talk about heat culture, as annoying as it might get to some people out there. Think about the fact that this was a team that in the conference finals lost all of the momentum of going up three games to none on the Boston Celtics and allowed the Celtics to come back in the series and tie it up at three and still, still had the wherewithal to go on the road and blow the doors off of the Celtics in a game seven. That says a lot. So it's not just Dame wanting to be in Miami. It's Dame wanting to win a title. And Miami, you could certainly argue, is a team that is going to get him there quicker than anybody else. The winning is actually the thing. It's not just wanting to be down there. It's a nice side effect or side... Bonus, you would say from it, but it's the winning that has Dame want to be there, uh, wanting to be there. But to that point, Dame Lillard is not going to walk in the door wherever he gets traded and mail it in. That is not in his DNA. That is not the player he has been in Portland for a long time. And if he goes into a situation, one that is not a mess, like, frankly, the Trailblazers, one that is like Philadelphia, one that is like Boston, one that is, frankly, even like Utah, because Utah has expressed some interest there. There is an opportunity for him to win if he goes to those places. Is it better in Miami? Mm, maybe. Maybe. I think you'd have to say... When they're at the top of the Eastern Conference, that would put them right there. But does it put them right there to beat the Denver Nuggets for a championship? The answer is no. You know why? Because the team that would win a championship with Dame Lillard sooner would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Because as we have talked to Wendy about, they have what might be considered the only possible version of a watered-down kryptonite for Jokic, and that's Joel Embiid. And if you were going to pair those two players together, Lillard and Embiid, and put some good depth around them, which the Sixers would, then I absolutely would embrace that if it happened, if I were Lillard. Because it's not just about being the best team in the conference. It's about being the best team in the league. Winning a title. Lillard joining the Heat would increase their chances of beating the Nuggets. They still wouldn't do it. They still wouldn't do it. The Nuggets are just that much better. You have to have a way to stop. Or at least contain Jokic a little bit. And Embiid presents that best opportunity. So if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, understanding that. If I'm any other team, but specifically if I'm the 76ers, I cannot get scared off by Lillard's agent telling me he doesn't want to be there. You're going to tell me that he's going to get traded to Philadelphia and he's not going to show up? You're going to tell me he's going to bag training camp? You're going to tell me that he's going to go out there and James Harden it? No, no. Weaponizing any sort of laziness is not Dame Lillard's game. It's James Harden's game, but it's not Dame Lillard's game. He will go and he will understand what the opportunity is and he will play hard. I would not back off of it. As far as what the Portland Trailblazers are looking at, the one thing that we have to make clear, you cannot downplay the Miami Heat, and the package that they have to offer. And the biggest reason is the draft picks. It's not Tyler Hero. You can send Tyler Hero somewhere else as part of a three- or four-team trade, but if I was Portland, given what I have already at the guard position, and given that Tyler Hero's going to be there, uh, take up a lot of money, and he might be a 20-point scorer, and they have to reach the cap floor anyway— I don't think Tyler Hero is the kind of guy that they're going to want there or you're going to look for the long term and say, we could turn around and trade this guy mid-season. I don't think that's it. I think he'd have to go somewhere else. But when it comes to the draft picks, oh, the Heat, they can hand over the picks and the swaps. The Heat have their draft picks for 24, 26, 28, 30. Remember, you can't trade picks in back-to-back drafts, only the swaps in the middle there. That's four picks plus any number of swaps in the middle. Don't downplay the package that the Miami Heat have to offer. Don't do it. Because that is still a considerable one going to a team in Portland that is clearly in the rebuild. Joe Cronin, while he has a responsibility to Lillard to a degree... His ultimate responsibility is to that team. I believe in the end, even though I think Tyrese Maxey is a better player than Tyler Hero, I believe in the end, because of all the picks they will have to offer, that he will end up in Miami. If I were Lillard and I'm trying to win a title, I think I have a better chance in Philadelphia. I would not turn my nose up at that. It's Carlin, Infragrany, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. For Lillard's part, how about this tweet? Or was it was not a thread? I'm not sure. It could have been a thread, but I'm assuming it was a tweet.
2: It was a tweet. It was yeah. a tweet, Cam. I don't know you. if Dame is on threads yet.
1: I, I just assume that he is. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is. Seems like a threads guy. It really does. He, he, he does seem like he could be a threads guy. And here is the tweet. I'm amazed at how people could know so much and so little at the same time. Dame could look there and believe that he would have a great chance to win a championship in Miami, and he might look at it as if it's his best chance. It's actually not. It's his best chance to be the best team in the East when you look at it as a whole. whole. But when you look at matchups and who's going to be in the way, the Nuggets aren't going anywhere, folks. They're not going anywhere. You need Embiid. You already saw that Bam Adebayo, As much as he might score some points, he ain't beating Jokic. Ain't happening. Carlin, for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. My Lord, we are so jam-packed today. I'm fired up to talk to you in just moments at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to get into the top five coaches in the NFL right now, and ESPN Radio's Daily Rankum, uh, leading up to training camp, and there are some guys on my list that might surprise you, and there are some guys not on my list that may surprise you as well, although based on the last couple of days, if you've been listening, it may not as well. Also on the way, I, I'm faced with a, a bit of an existential question today. I walked in and I saw one of our stage managers, Ian, who was aggressively growing out his mustache, aggressively and I've noticed it a lot more lately. And I thought, is it just me? Am I just getting old? Is this, is this a thing? Cam, a few weeks ago, went to a wedding down in Florida. He was rocking a rather thorough mustache as much as you can grow one at 14 years old, as Cam did. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, 25 years old, as Cam did. Is this back? I'll tell you what. I stumbled onto a polarizing topic. And we will get into that as well. But which Hall of Fame coach is not on the best uh, – eh, which Hall of Fame coach is not on the list of best coaches in the NFL right now? 888-SAY-ESPN, Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 3776 We take calls on that, on Dames Future, whatever you want, on the way as well. Carlin for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80.
4: H E L P dot com slash greeny, G R E E N Y.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: Anna Rossini is single handedly trying to take over Threads, the new app from Instagram that's, you know, the Twitter um facsimile, if you will. Cam, she is, I mean, can we say she's out of control? She's
2: a menace, Carlin. <laughs> she is simultaneously <laughs> ruining threads and is also the main character of threads. She's so already far. got
1: 20,000 followers yes. on threads.
2: I mean, a lot of your followers started yesterday. Yeah. A lot of your followers carry over yeah, from I know, but still. Instagram and she has a lot, obviously, but here's just one example. Someone posted something on threads and said, uh, when you eat a taco, do you turn your head or turn the taco? Diana says, I just bring my mouth to the plate. No hands. <laughs> here's another one. <laughs> My producer from ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown just called me. I told him to thread me. This is a threadopolis.
1: <laughs> she also started using the Dear Diana, which she mentioned she does does on the show with me and Canty. Yeah, and said let's do it here on Threads. First of all, I believe that's a copyright infringement.
2: I think so. I don't know if that segment is sponsored, but it should be. And yeah, it certainly certainly is not sponsored on Threads yet. That's but for then sure. again,
1: I, I can't really hold it against her because every time she comes on, she brings it. She's she is. She is a top three guest. I think that's fair to say.
2: And she's not three or two.
1: Yeah, exactly. She does always, always, always entertain. It is Canty. Well, no Canty today. It is Carlin. In for Greeny on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. Let's get to a little ESPN Radio. Rank them!
0: From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert
1: rolling right, throws, touchdown! touchdown.
0: To the top five NFL fan bases. Oh! We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's... Rank them, the top five head coaches.
1: Your calls on this. Load them up now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Want to hear from you on the top coaches in the league right now. So Let's get to the list. Number five. We're going to start with a guy that probably doesn't get enough credit. For the longevity he's had and for the success he's had and that's john harbaugh he has made 10 playoff appearances with the ravens in 15 years they've got a super bowl the ravens are always in it they are always good and they always have a good defense john harbaugh over the years i have always felt has been one of the more underappreciated coaches Because of the success that he has had, not just in the division, but the fact that every time you are playing the Ravens, you know you are in for a war. That's just what it is. There has never been a time when a team over the last 15 years going to Baltimore or welcoming the Ravens in at home felt like, you know what? We got the day off today. This is an easy one. That has never been the case. And a big reason for that is John Harbaugh.
0: Number four,
1: Sean McDermott. You know, it's funny. The other day, we're talking about, is he on the hot seat if the Bills don't do it enough? You know, and you could argue possibly, but really, as I look at the numbers and look at what he's accomplished, I can't. Now, he has not been to a Super Bowl yet. And I recognize that is probably the most important of all things. But did you know that Sean McDermott, over the last four years, is forty-seven and eighteen, forty-seven and eighteen, over the last four years? That's just that's absolutely unreal. Hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but you cannot ignore that kind of success over the stretch of his uh, tenure in Buffalo. I think they're going to get there. Is it going to be this year? Uh, I'm trying to build the case as I start to prognosticate for the season. I'm not quite there yet because the Chiefs are always going to be at the top of the list, but McDermott has done a great job in Buffalo. Number three. That's uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, and, and this is a stat that you heard ad nauseum this past season, and you understand why the Steelers have never had a losing season. Think about this for a second middle of the year last year. Pittsburgh goes into its bye week, 2 and 6. 2 and 6. That losing season was a lock. I pay attention. I'm a fan, not that that matters, but I pay very close attention and I thought they were headed for a 6-win year. And what happens? They end up 9 and 8, going 7 and 2 down the stretch with a rookie quarterback And they had a chance to make the playoffs in week 18. That has to be partially at least because you have a group of guys that play hard for their head coach. And he is the second longest tenured head coach in the NFL. Not just because Pittsburgh does that. They don't fire coaches. They've had three coaches in, what, 50 plus years at this point. Mike Tomlin is absolutely a top three coach in the NFL. Number two. You may not necessarily agree with this, but tough, because it's fact. Sean McVay is the number two coach in the NFL. Sean McVay's been a head coach for six years. He's got one Super Bowl. He made one other trip. And this past season was his first losing year. So if you take that out, his first five years, he lost his quarterback this past year. They went 55 and 26 in his first 5 years. Oh, by the way, Sean McVay is 37 years old. And he's already been in the league for 6 years with two Super Bowl appearances. That dude can coach my team any time he wants. Sean McVay deserves all the love here. He is number two on the list. And the only reason he's not number one one. is Andy Reid. And you just can't argue it otherwise. Andy Reid has 10 or more wins in eight consecutive years. Allow me to repeat that. Andy Reid has double-digit wins in eight consecutive years since he's been in Kansas City. And in 17 of his 24 years... As a head coach, he's won 10 or more games. The biggest knock for the longest time was that he couldn't win a Super Bowl. He's done that twice now. He's made four Super Bowl appearances as a head coach. I'll be honest. I went to Philadelphia in 2015, 2016, and one of my hottest takes, so to speak, was that Andy Reid was always overrated as coach there. Can't say that anymore. Can't say that anymore. Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL right now. And frankly, between him and Belichick, it's been a dogfight back and forth for the majority of Reed's career. It is Carlin in on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So naturally, we have got some guys who have been left out of this list. Cam, let's talk about him a little bit for a moment. Off this list, number one is obviously Bill Belichick. And when we're talking about the top coaches right now, we're talking about right now. And for the last few years, he is 25-25 and as head coach of the Patriots since Tom Brady left with a playoff loss that was a blowout. I can't get excited about Belichick still being at the top of his game when the other common denominator of championships has won one without him and is now gone? Am I being fair or unfair, Cam, when I leave Bill Belichick off a top five list right now?
2: I think you're being fair. I personally would probably still have him in the top five because I think he's earned that. Yes, recently he has definitely slipped quite a lot. The decisions he made last year were just baffling and ones you would not expect Bill Belichick to make. Um, and I don't know really where they came from, but I think him still having 20 years of success before that kind of gets him to that point, even though we are talking about right now, I still have more faith in him than I do a lot of other people to make the best out of the players that he has. And I don't know, like we had him on the top five coaches on the hot seat yesterday. I think he could honestly belong on both less because I think he is still one of the best coaches in the game, but I think his time could also be coming up soon.
1: You know, here's the other thing said this yesterday he made that comment at the owners meetings when he was asked I believe Mike Reese the ESPN NFL Nation uh, reporter who covers the Patriots for us asked the question what would give fans the reason to believe in your ability or in this team's ability to be better in the coming year and Belichick's answer was the last 20 plus years now I'm sure he regrets that answer I'm sure he regrets that answer does it mean that Bill Belichick doesn't believe it just because he regrets saying it? See, that's where I think we run into an issue. And whether or not he wants to admit it, like the arrogance got in the way last year with the Matt Patricia thing. He has hopefully corrected that with Bill O'Brien. We'll see what kind of an impact that has when it comes to Matt Jones. But there is an underlying arrogance there of look at everything I've accomplished. There is not the... There does not appear to be the feeling of what's next. And and that's always what defined the Patriots in their great years. Maybe Bill Belichick doesn't have that same level of what's next to him. He always used to preach, it's not about what you've accomplished before, it's about what's in front of you now. 888-SAY-ESPN, Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 The best coaches in the NFL right now. Other notable exceptions that were not on the list. Kyle Shanahan, you know, I looked at it. Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. He's obviously been to a Super Bowl as a head coach, but I'm not putting him on that level yet because, you know, the 49ers have had some years that haven't been great as well. They did an amazing job to get to where they did last year but I have him probably around seven or eight. Mike Vrabel is a really good coach, What you don't realize about Mike Vrabel is he's only been a head coach for five years. It feels more like seven or eight. He has gotten the most out of the Tennessee Titans, but has there ever been a case where you really felt like the Titans were a true threat in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl? My, myself, personally, the answer to that is no. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl already, and a nine and eight season in Jacksonville last year, his first year after a disastrous year the year before uh, under Urban Meyer down there. He had to clean up an absolute mess. Uh, the reason why I leave Peterson off this list, yes, the Eagles had that massive year in 2017 when they ended up winning the Super Bowl and beating the Patriots, but they also had a couple of nine and seven years. They had a year where the, the, the year after where they had the double doink, got a little fortunate in the postseason. So I'm not quite there with Doug Peterson again on the outside looking in. And Nick Sirianni, you could have that discussion as well. The problem with Nick Sirianni for me is that while he got to the Super Bowl this past season, I would like to see what happens this year after you lose both of your coordinators. And what does that look like? Are they still going to be as good on both sides of the ball? Canty has talked about this a lot. It's awfully difficult to maintain your defensive level if you are a great defensive team, year to year. It's awfully difficult to do that. So with Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon gone, are they going to be as good? I think that in a lot of ways is going to help determine where Nick Sirianni is on that list. Carlin in for Greeny at... 888-SAY-ESPN, Eight 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 Let's hit it with Cody up first on ESPN Radio. Cody, who you got?
4: I got to say Doug Peterson, man. He
1: won in Philly. He held the team together after their star quarterback went down, and he's completely turned Jacksonville around from being an utter laughing stock dumpster fire in one year to a playoff team. That's got to count for something. It does count for something, but I don't think it quite puts him in the top five. I would put him, again, right there, six, seven, eight category, and I'll I'll be honest with you, watching Doug Peterson in his first year in Philadelphia, I did not have a great feeling about it, because there were a lot of things going on with in-game management and with play calls and such. He was a a Brandon Staley-type dice roller, but not in a good way, And, and Brandon and. Brandon Staley is also not in a good way. Like, we've seen it work for Doug Peterson before as well. That first year, it really didn't. And I had my doubts about him. He has since proven me wrong. He's a really good coach. But just to say this about Doug, he's not quite top five when we talk about those other guys right now. Barry, up next on ESPN Radio. Barry, what do you got?
4: Colin, I just wanted to ask a question. This is about Belichick, and, you know, I'm not saying just you, but a lot of these talking heads have talked about how Belichick has fallen off, you know, just fallen off since Tom Brady left. But Me and my buddies sit around and talk sometimes. We just want to ask all of y'all a question. I mean, ain't really ripping, but name me another coach that had a Hall of Fame winning quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback, what is any of – we can't think of any quarter, uh, coaches that did anything after they lose a great quarterback like that.
1: Well, listen, I I understand what you're saying with that, but, I mean, let's talk about some of those guys, right? Let's talk about Tom Landry and the level of success he had after Rob, Roger Staubach left. We can go through other coaches after – Uh, not having superstar uh, quarterbacks anymore. And I will go through a, a list here during the break and kind of give you a couple of more as I try to think about it off the top of my head. It's a fair point, and I understand that. Doesn't mean Belichick's not a great coach. What it means is this second, right now, he's not a top five coach. Carlin in for Greenie, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Two celebrities we never thought would be in the same sentence and a live demonstration on the way. I don't know. Figure it out. Find out with me next. Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
5: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
6: to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy
0: price,
1: Priceline.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: Did not expect uh, to hear the names Britney Spears and Victor and Yama in the same sentence. But here we are. In just 30 seconds, we have a live demonstration coming your way on whether or not the claims... Hold water on whether or not Britney could actually tap Victor Webanyama's shoulder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop. Bye.
0: I'm sorry, what? what, what,
1: what? I'm sorry, what,
0: what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what?
1: So in Las Vegas, in case you haven't heard, there was an incident involving Britney Spears and Victor Webanyama and his security team. Here's how it goes. Um, apparently, Victor Webanyama was out uh, at dinner and was leaving a restaurant, and Britney had recognized him saw him earlier in the evening at one other place, and then saw him again and wanted to go up and congratulate him on all his success. She says that she went up and tried to tap him on the shoulder. Here's what Victor Webanyama says about the incident, because what did it result in? It resulted apparently in one of his security team members uh, potentially smacking Britney Spears on the face, which is awful. And let's be clear, we're not joking around about that part of this because if that happened, it is just terrible. But here is Webb Yama... Uh, in a press conference on exactly what happened.
6: I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight and we told don't stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind. and uh, So I, I just know that the security pushed her away. I don't know with how with how much force, though, but uh, security pushed her away. I didn't stop to, to look. So I didn't know for a couple hours when I came back to the hotel. I I, mean, I didn't forget about it, but I, knew, I, I thought it was no big deal. And the, the security of this person was a breaking spirit, so I was first I was like, uh, no, you're joking. But yeah, it turns out it was Britney know uh, <laughs> But uh, I didn't know because I didn't see her. I never saw her face.
1: Again, taking the alleged assault out of this situation, Britney posted afterward uh, on Instagram that she was just simply trying to go and tap him on the shoulder. You heard Webb and Yama there say that he was, that she had grabbed him from behind on the shoulders. Now, Britney is five foot four. Victor Webanyama is seven foot three. So for those on the radio, you won't be able to see this, obviously. For those watching on the ESPN app, we're going to go to our studio right now where we have Evan Wilner, producer of the Midday Show, who is five foot four, the same height as Britney Spears. Our producer, Cam Pratt, is six foot four. He's the tallest person we could find at the moment.
2: Is yeah, it? unfortunately, p- Canty he not here.
1: That's true. If Canty was, he, well... Yeah, we'd have a whole note. We have to have somebody else who's 5'4", around here do it. But Canty being at six eight, but we'll take a look and see: is it physically possible for her to have grabbed his shoulders, let alone tap him on the shoulder? So Evan, please go over and take a look at the back of Cam as Evan waves to the camera, and he uh, is only five foot four. So go over and see, Evan. First of all, how high up do you have to raise your arm to tap the shoulder? Of Cam at six foot four. All right. So can he tap you on the shoulder? The answer is yes.
2: Yes. So we're pontificating that Victor Wembanyama's shoulder is about where my head is. Right. So he his shoulder is probably about at six four. So Liam brought up in our pre show meeting, maybe Britney Spears can't reach Victor Wembanyama's shoulders, thus well, invalidating her story.
1: But no, no, no. Is it invalidating her story? Because. Listen to what Victor said again, and I just caught this.
6: I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight and we told do stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind.
1: Grabbed me right on my shoulders. There is a big difference, Cam, between being able to tap someone up near the shoulder versus grabbing them on the shoulders. I contend there is no way that Britney Spears could have grabbed him by the shoulders. Well, we have Evan, who is able to reach where
2: we think... Victor Wembenyama's shoulders would be
1: Evan, but reach not your hands not up, a grab we, we don't believe think. would be at the head of cam, who is six foot four. Evan can barely reach that right now at six foot four at the top of your head, barely reach that. I contend that Brittany is in the right here. I think something stinks on victor webanyama's uh entire security team. if he says that Brittany is trying to grab his shoulders, I would say. I am siding Team Brittany here. I don't like this. I don't like this, Cam. I don't like this going into the start. He it makes his debut tonight. What, what say you? I think it's a bad omen for sure. Yeah.
2: Whoever was in the right, I think it's a bad omen regardless. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Brittany says tap. He said grab from behind. So I don't know if On the mentioned. shoulders,
1: if- he said. On the shoulders. There you go. I don't think she was able to do that. So again, maybe- listen to the beginning of what he said.
6: I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight, and we told both stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulders. Grabbed-
1: right on my shoulders. Right on my shoulders, Kim.
2: I think he might have said not on my shoulders.
6: I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight, and we told both stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulders.
1: I think he said right on my shoulders. <sighs> Oh, man. Wow. And Victor Webenyama makes his debut tonight, most importantly, on ESPN at 9 p.m. He is going up against the number two pick and Brandon Miller and the Charlotte Hornets. And I got to say, like, I'm genuinely excited to watch that game tonight. I'm genuinely excited to see Webenyama and to see what all the hype is about. Because, frankly, we haven't had a chance to even get a real feel for what this guy is other than the ridiculous height and everything that we have heard. Now, Cam, just to take you behind the curtain, I would contend that maybe that demonstration didn't pan out quite the way we had hoped. Sometimes she takes with swings. That was a swing and a miss.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or...